welcome back to another new episode of the Codings Pro interview series. I'm your host, Ben DuBose, and I'm a staff writer with Codings Pro magazine. In this special episode, we're sharing another peek into one of our new features of the magazine in 2021, which is showcase profiles of longtime SSPC members. This, of course, is being done to highlight the integration of SSPC, the Society for Protective Codings, and NACE International, and to spotlight how the new combined organization known as AMP, the Association for Materials Protection and Performance, can best serve the industry for codings contractors and beyond. Today, I'm joined by Joe Walker, Vice President and General Manager at Alcometer and an immediate past chair at AMP. In today's show, we'll be discussing some of his company's keys to success and really what he sees as priorities for AMP and the broader coatings industry moving forward. Joe, I think a good place to start, if you could, just give us some background on Alcometer. I know you go back to 1947, so it's quite a ways, but just give us a little bit of the um, abbreviated version and also sort of your personal journey when you joined the company and some of the things that you guys have been able to do together. Well, the company was actually founded in 1818 as the East Lancaster Chemical Company. And the Sellers family has been family owners of that organization since then. In 1947, they invented the first non-destructive coating thickness gauge, and they didn't know what to call it. So they took the beginning of East Lancaster Chemical, Elco, and they just called that instrument the Elko meter, hmm. not thinking that they were gonna sell many of them. So our origins go back to the East Lancaster Chemical Company and uh, and Elko. Um, obviously, the business grew since 1947 and what they thought was a one-off gauge that could tell the thickness of protective coatings without damaging the coatings. And it really grew until Ian Sellers broke away from the chemical company of the business and started the Elko meter business, which now is known in the industry as Alcometer. I've been with the company since 1996, and I've been a member of both SSPC and NACE uh, since that time. So now you're in your 25th year with Alcometer. What are some of the career highlights that you have? Uh, any particular customers, projects, products, uh, big success stories. Just when you think about, you know, your 25 years, what are some of the highlights of your time with Alcometer? You know, the the biggest highlight that, that I really see is making the products digital. That was, that was the biggest highlight. I mean, we had the first microprocessor gauge, the first transistor gauge in the 60s, but when I started with the company, a lot of our sophisticated, our more sophisticated clients were in the automotive and aerospace segments. And they really wanted efficiency through the digitalization of the inspection equipment. And my biggest, I think, hurdle was to take that desire for technology to the next level into the protective coatings, the industrial protective coatings industry as we see it, whether it's marine, oil and gas, our aerospace clients and automobile clients, uh, manufacturing clients had been doing it since we, you know, basically since the personal computer was invented. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I started, we still were supplying software in DOS that our instruments could communicate with. So the biggest highlight I see right now is across all of our customer segments is that those clients are going to more of what we call a paperless quality assurance uh, program. A lot of that has to do with accreditation to both NACE, SSPC accreditations, as well as ISO accreditations with our customers. But there have been so many. Um, you know, I was talking with a colleague about this last night, and we were just saying what it feels like to be the lead goose. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I remember when I brought out the first temperature and humidity gauge in 1998, no one believed it worked. Everyone wanted a sling psychrometer and a temperature probe. So it took several years for the industry to adjust to that. Then when we came out with the digital surface profile gauge, I believe that was in 2004, the industry wasn't ready to, to believe that. It took, took about 10 years for, the, for this industry to accept it, whereas our industrial clients had been doing it right from the inception. And probably most recently, the scanning dry film thickness probe and all of the testing that is done with that that shows we can we can far exceed the accuracy and time requirements outlined in the SSPC PA2 uh, dry film thickness standard. And hopefully scanning profile will uh, will take over this industry as it has with some of our manufacturing clients. You've mentioned SSPC and NACE a few times, and I mentioned leading off the podcast that you're an immediate past chair. How has your participation in those organizations, some of the certifications as well, how has that driven business for you and or Elcometer? Just shed some light on sort of the importance of these associations and the related events, certifications, the types of things that you can get out of them. Well, it's 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 a two-way thing. I get I get as much out of it as I put into it. Um, What SSP and NACE legacy participation gave me was the opportunity to visit our customers' facilities, see their needs, attend the technical conferences. I don't think we would have developed any of these products if we hadn't been involved in these industries. I sit in presentations, I visit customer facilities, and I hear things like what this industry needs is blank and uh, sets my mind spinning and uh, talk to our engineering team and and things happen. I mean, that's how our salt contamination meter happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, the U.S. Navy needed a digital way to speed up their inspection time for submarines and uh, the digital salt meter was born. So without NACE and SSPC involvement, I don't think I would have had as many ideas. Um, things that the industry was asking for, but didn't exist currently. So it was, it's been a, a two-way street. I get as much out as I put in. And mm. uh, to me, the merger made a lot of sense. If you, I have friends in both legacy organizations. And I think that, I, th- I think that when you ask the staff of each organization, mm-hmm. they didn't realize that they did not compete with each other. They really thought that they were competing with each other. And when we looked into the merger, when I was president of SSPC, 
we found that there was very little overlap in the products and services that both organizations offered. And from a member standpoint, the amount of efficiency that we gain by merging these two organizations is just incredible. And none of us saw the pandemic coming then. Um, right. You see this across other associations now that we're kind of coming out of the pandemic, that these organizations are now making strategic decisions to align themselves with each other. And thankfully, we were able to pursue this, this merger, get over 90% of the membership approval um, for the merger. But the pandemic gave us the time. Everyone was in their offices. So we had Zoom meetings constantly. There was so much work on our transition teams. And I don't know if we could have pulled it off as effectively as we had if you know everyone travels in this industry. But for that, that one year, everyone was at their desks and the amount of work from the member volunteers and staff was just incredible. And I, I think it's going to pay off. When you talk to some of your clients and the people you're involved with on various projects, what are some of the benefits that it potentially, the merger that is, could bring to them? For example, something that I've thought of a lot is with regards to the standards in that you're not going to have an SSPC and a NACE. You're eventually going to have one unified set of standards that can basically be the voice of authority. This is what they need and you don't have this sort of overlap. Instead, you're providing one unified voice. That's just an example that I've sort of come across in writing some of the stories that I do for Codings Pro. What are some of the things that you see or hear out in the industry that in terms of a practical benefit of SSPC and NACE becoming one organization, what does that potentially mean for end users? Well, it, the biggest thing that I see, Ben, and I, I look at it um, a little differently because I'm involved in standards mm -hmm. and training. I see more efficiency for the use of members' time. I mean, currently I, I'm involved with four standards organizations, SSPC, yep. NACE, ASTM, and ISO. And we we really need to stop the duplication of effort because our companies aren't going to support it. They won't, they, you know, to, to be able to have, like currently NACE has fall committee week and SSPC always met during their conferences for the, for the, for the standards. Mm -hmm. What we're going to be able to do is achieve the same goals, but only have to attend one meeting for these things as opposed to multiple meetings. And there won't be as much variation um, between standard to standard. And uh, I really look, I think it's a much better thing for the industry because there's no group with better subject matter experts uh, than the combined AMP organization. I, I really think that we are primed mm. to really take the lead in the industrial markets, whether it's cathodic protection, protective coatings, training, and standards. I I really think that the members um, are going to benefit a great deal just by having more efficient use of their time and resources. Let's shift back to Alcommoner. One thing that's really interesting to me in recent years, 
you've seen your business grow and expand quite a bit. We mentioned going back to 1947, the various gauges, and I think a lot of people, when they hear alchometer in the industry, they think instrumentation. But in recent years, you've gotten into blast equipment, spray equipment. I guess if you could take us through the timeline, the motivation for expanding your business and what some of the early results are from that transition. Well, just since I've been involved, I mean, you know, in, in the year 2000, Alcometer acquired Brave Instruments in Belgium, which gave us our laboratory division. So that allowed us to get into the formulation and the quality control of paints themselves, coatings themselves, salt spray cabinets, all of those, all of those things. Um, so that was an industry segment back back then. That was actually a difficult integration. It really was. Um, then after that, we purchased a company named Protovale. Protovale was a leader in the concrete inspection industry. And we have that range with the company now, as well as the product designers. Um, then, of course, there was Dakota, which uh, has helped us tremendously in increasing our range in ultrasonic inspection equipment. Um, then, of course, our blasting range more recently and just announced in the last few months the acquisition of the uh, the premium brand in spray guns out of Spain, Segola. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited to bring that to the North American market because Segola really didn't have a North American presence. They were known as the industry leader but Segola customers had to import their products directly. Now we have a full service and technical support area here in Warren, Michigan, as well in our, as in our Houston, Texas offices. We're really excited about Segola. It's uh, going to launch immediately uh, into the body shop market. Um, a lot of people don't think of Alcometer in this market as anything but industrial protective coatings, bridges and roads and oil and gas and marine. But huge markets for us are just think about this, Ben. Everything painted is inspected with an alcometer instrument. So I guarantee you with your car, probably five alcometer instruments were used in qualifying, quantifying and quality controlling the paintwork on your vehicle, whether it was from the manufacturing to the application to the post application inspection. We have tools in all of those markets, um, so it's uh, it's a lot of territory to cover. We're pretty excited about Segola. We're going to launch the protective coating guns in 2022, and uh, I'm excited for the future. I really am. And who knows what the future is for the company? I, I hope it's enough for a while because we're pretty busy. Yeah. One of the I think clear benefits from this direction that you're going. I'm working on a story now for our upcoming September issue, and this client in the Middle East is basically using Alcometer as a single source supplier and not just the instrumentation, some of the various gauges, but in terms of uh, the blasting equipment as well. And one of the clear reasons for that is that they're not having to deal with a lot of different manufacturers in terms of if they have questions, if they need help, they can just go to you guys as opposed to having so many different vendors and having to track down information or assistance if they need it. I guess, number one, is that part of the thought process for you guys as you expand into more of 
a broadly based supplier of coatings equipment? And then secondly, what are some of your strategies, if you will, on how you train these clients out in the field on how to best use your products? Yeah, that's a loaded question or questions. Um, obviously, the Middle East is a key market for us. We have an Alcometer company office in Dubai. Um, that's able to give them the full range of support that they need. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not just shipping the equipment out. You have to have subject matter experts in every area right. with which we work. Um, that's kind of a, a unique hallmark of our company is that uh, the company offices, it's not just a bunch of telemarketers or, or web services people. Every one of our employees actually has field experience in the area in which they're responsible for. So when you talk to someone on the phone here, say you're a, a shipbuilder, um, chances are that your customer service representative actually has been in a ballast tank and and knows the problem associated with the standards requirements for blasting, painting, and inspecting a ballast tank. Same with oil and gas in the Middle East. Water, wastewater is a huge market in the Middle East, and uh, all of that pipe needs to be blasted, painted, and maintained because once it's in the ground, it's very expensive to remediate any any failures. So I think it's the company offices with SMEs on staff that really is our strategy for the future. And a lot of that has to do with AMP and the products and services that they have. Training is a real real big issue and we've been very very involved with the training programs with both legacy organizations and will continue to be with amp moving forward um we would like to see unified training standards and unified inspection standards across the globe and our involvement with amp is is critical to the success not only of amp but all of its members but also to alcometer we really rely on professional organizations like AMP to supply uniformity of inspection, uniformity of application. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I think so. At the moment, you guys have, well, I believe these stats are prior to the Segola acquisition, but you've got more than 350 employees worldwide. You've got offices in 11 countries around the world. Now you've got this transition with regards to the Segola acquisition, as you mentioned, some of the new lines that you're going to be rolling out in 2022. You've grown so much just in your time with the company. Where do you think things grow next? Or or what do you think that Alcometer looks like in five, 10 years from now? Just give us, if you could, a little bit of, you know, I know you don't have a crystal ball but just how you think the growth of this company shapes where you go over the next five to 10 years? Well, of course, the biggest challenge is to be able to have the infrastructure to support that growth. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw this type of growth coming, which is why we uh, opened our new North American headquarters in Rochester, Michigan, which tremendously expanded our footprint and our ability to support this type of growth. Um, It's tremendous undertaking, fantastic world-class facility. And I think we expected that this facility would probably last us for quite a while. And I just went back into the warehouse yesterday and realized that the shelves are going to be full pretty soon. So we're going to have to 
we're going to have to have an expansion there. Um, but the, the future, you never know. What I worry about is making sure what we launch, we can support. Mm-hmm. Um, our laboratory is ISO 17025 accredited. That was a very difficult accreditation, a very expensive accreditation to get, but it made us a better company. Um, I think that whatever we do, we're going to grow responsibly and only bite off what we can chew. Thankfully, the Segola company is world class and they are fully staffed with subject matter experts and we are bringing on new staff to support that. Um, I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, you're right. It's a challenge. The number one thing is just customer service, customer support. It's number one. And we put the facilities in to expand and uh, be able to support that growth. And uh, hopefully it works out. We've the best plans uh, hopefully have been made, but I don't think anyone saw the pandemic company coming. And thank God we moved to our new headquarters because we were able to work in an environment that was safe for our staff and our customers. So moving forward, barring any other large earth shattering events, uh, I'm looking <laughs> forward to really growing the company in the future. But what we look like in five years, I really hope that we're able to establish what we have and just grow the business organically. You know, Commodore's not big on taking on a lot of debt. Mm-hmm. We don't uh, we don't do bank loans. All, all of our all of our growth is organic, um, which allows for a very orderly process is all I can say. And the big thing is, is that when we make these acquisitions, we do our utmost to retain staff and subject matter expertise. I think that's been a big part of the success. Um, the Segola, the Segola people, it's it's not like, you know, we, we hear about acquisitions where the first thing they do is cut people. And that's just never been Alcometer's way. Um, the Segola staff is, is, is there and we're looking and adding to it. So it's just taking care of what you have, keeping your subject matter experts. I mean, most of my sec- technical salespeople have been with the cus- with the company between 10 and 20 years and we bring on new ones. So it's, uh, we're just big on training. We're bring on product knowledge and visiting the clients to see what their needs are for future projects. Joe, before we sign off, where can people find out more information about Alcometer? For any listener that's interested, feel free to toss out your website and email, anything that you think someone could potentially use to get started to learn more about you guys. Best place to learn about us is at www.alcometer.com, alcometer.com. Uh, we have a new, a new website coming out next month that will better support the Segola brand and, and its products. And uh, we look forward to launching Segola by uh, an alcometer company in, in the near future into the industrial protective markets. And uh, just one last thing, Ben, I really think that as members become acquainted with what's been going on mm-hmm. with the integration of NACE and SSBC to the combined AMP, they're going to be really pleased. The staff have been working seamlessly together the executive team have been working seamlessly together, but the best part is the members' involvement in this transition has been nothing short of phenomenal. 
So if our listeners have anything to say, go on to amp.org and take a look. The, the websites have been integrated, but the plans for the future integrations are just, I'm very impressed with the staff and what they've been able to do and the amount of hours that the member leaders have donated to this effort is simply inspiring. Yeah, I would agree with that. And we really appreciate it. Your support that is uh, from those of us that are on staff. So uh, thank you for that. And I think that's a good spot that we can leave it. And well, thanks so want, much. Yep. And if you want more information from us, obviously Joe mentioned the AMP website at ampp.org. And I also want to throw out a, a plug to Codings Pro, of course, which has all sorts of news related to protective coatings at codingspromag.com. With that, we'll sign off. For Joe Walker, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks as always for listening, and please come back soon for another new podcast from the Codings Pro interview series. This message comes to you from Codings Pro Magazine, the official media publication for Codings Plus. Join us for this exciting final year of Codings Plus, happening from December 13 to 16, 2021. Codings Plus is a jam-packed event with expert-led protective, marine, and industrial coatings programming, as well as technical sessions and workshops focused on surface preparation, application, coating formulation, testing, inspection, and green coating solutions. Visit sspc.org slash codings 2021 for more information. We can't wait to see you there.